Welcome back to the Siding Lab, where we give you an insight into the world of motorcycle racing. Now, this week's guest is Declan from Everything Motor Racing. On this week's episode, we're going to do something a wee bit interesting, and we're going to do some unpopular opinions. But before we do that, Declan, do you want to introduce yourself to the podcast? Yes. Hello. I am obviously Declan from the Everything Motor Racing, I guess, Instagram account. Um, and obviously, if you listen to my podcast, then you'll know my you'll know me already but um yeah i'm the guy who posts stuff obviously on social media and i'm not afraid to um be a bit controversial at times and put my own opinion online so which uh often causes a storm but it's part of life in it it makes good content though so it we does love that. <laughs> exactly that's what you want in it so we're just going to jump straight into it and do you want to give us your unpopular opinion i do right yeah so this is my opinion, not the opinion of the sighting lap, just to, uh, <laughs> this is my own opinion. Um, to be very, I'm going to go straight with controversy and say that in 2015, Mark Marquez did deliberately destroy Valentino Rossi's title attempt, but Rossi deserved it. And it was karma for Rossi because of the shitstorm that Rossi created. I don't know if I can swear, sorry about that. No, because okay. of the chaos that Rossi himself brought on himself in the press conferences after the Australian Grand Prix. Oh, <laughs> do you <laughs> know what? You know, that's not what I was expecting. But, <laughs> but I, I do agree with you. And I think that Marquez was playing mind games. I think he got Lorenzo involved. I think they were both against him in that sense. But Valentino Rossi, on the other hand, as much as I'm his fan and have always been his fan, I do think that he was also slightly controversial and brought a lot of it on himself almost. But it made such good racing and yeah. TV. So, yeah, <laughs> so what can you say? No, yeah. <laughs> I would have said, like, obviously, Mark did it like kind of to take revenge or something on Rossi but I would have not yeah. said that he did it for Lorenzo like he just seems like sorry for my language a petty bitch that <laughs> <laughs> I relate and he would have just done that for like himself like I don't see him being anyone's like little minion and doing like stuff to benefit others well to be fair yeah Lorenzo probably yeah. was like oh Marquez is digging into Rossi a wee bit I'm gonna I'm gonna get involved <laughs> yeah like when he walked off the podium as a pang that was oh yeah it didn't even like partake in the celebrations oh the 2015 season is still so fresh in my mind and it will it gets me going if someone brings it up. I'm like, oh, well, I'm glad you brought it up. Let's talk about <laughs> it. Let's go. <laughs> definitely. Um, that's a pretty good one. That's a definitely, that's a good one. I'm going to keep on the theme of Mark Marquez, though, and I'm going to throw out my unpopular, depi- um, unpopular opinion, which Catherine said would anger some people. And I don't know about it, but Mark Marquez will not return to racing but if he does return to racing it will not be the return that everyone is expecting or that he's expecting that will make me sad and as much <laughs> as, I, as much as i am a valet fan i i have a lot of respect for mark post all that yeah. um and like since his injury i just i really want him to return to top racing just just for the, the sport itself i yeah no i don't want that to happen <laughs> I don't know. I think it's just because, you know, it's four surgeries now. Yeah. The last return didn't go well. And 
I don't know things just seem to be going from bad to worse for him and you'd hate to see a rider having to to retire because of injury which is obviously something that you don't want to see but you know if he has another crash what are the chances that he breaks his arm again or even his diplopia with his double vision you know there's so many things if something minor goes wrong for him on the bike it could cause catastrophic long-term effects for him so it is a sense of like how many big crashes can he keep having if he does return to racing as well so I just don't I don't see it adding up to be honest Me, me and Jules spoke about this uh after his surgery was announced on one of the episodes and I still stick by what I said of I I don't think he should return to racing if he's going to be a danger to other people and to himself yeah like if he's just in it purely for oh I I think I can be good enough like I, I don't know you've got to have the mentality and if he doesn't have the same mentality I I just I'm not saying that he will hurt others or himself I'm just saying it is a potential and you just kind of have to be wary of it you know yeah okay um and as well as the physical aspect obviously there's the like mental health aspect as well mm-hmm. and like even though he's been great and he's done such great things for ages now there comes a point where you have enough crashes and you have enough surgeries that you start to lose confidence, especially with how big the like repercussions are after like each crash. So I think it might be like a thing where like he'll hurt himself more mentally as well if he returns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, my opinion on that one is that. I can see you smiling, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> so is that, yes, I do agree that maybe, you know, it might, might be what is it, is it isn't what he expected. You know, we came back this year and it still wasn't really what I expected, but there's only one rider on this planet that could come back and still win a champion after horrendous injury. Yeah. There's only one man or woman on this planet in the history of the sport. Like, obviously, McDoon had horrendous injuries as well. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, Barry Sheen came back from catastrophic injuries as well. But Marquez has had four surgeries on this arm. He's had a, a bone transplant from his hip. You know, he's had, you know, infections. He's had this, that, and other. You know, he had this diplopia came back. You know, he's had a hell of a long list of injuries but there's only one person on this planet that could come back and still win a championship after all that turmoil and that is Mark Marquez yeah yeah don't get me wrong like if he comes back and the comeback is on I am so excited to see it because I think with the likes of Fabio Quattararo, Peko Bagnaia, Elish being up there this season like that could be some amazing battles so like if he does come back and he's 100% fit and he's got it right this time and he's he's good then I am 100% 100% excited but unfortunately I do just I'm not too sure about it at the minute but I mean he's he's proven us wrong before like even when he did come back and he was having issues with his arm he'd still won three races, races. <laughs> yeah so he could prove us well prove me wrong anyway which of course he could do yeah so yeah, yeah. any of you girls have controversial opinions See, I, don't I know want... I know you do <laughs> I I have a lot of uh, this one you guys haven't even heard because I, I like Ooh. to keep it to myself because Ooh. people will shit on me <laughs> oh <laughs> I just personally it might be I have a lot of like opinions of writers 
we all know that and like despite of whatever they do on track and all this I just I think Jorge Martin is a bit overrated I just don't like him (laughs) that much like he is an okay writer and I admire for example and a world champion um last season how he came back but like especially comparing to Anna like right now I'm just like yeah maybe it's just that I prefer Anna and that I see Jorge as like his competition to the like the factory Ducati seat and now I'm just like oh I don't like you anymore (laughs) like obviously he's a good writer I just think in some cases people like hype him up maybe a bit more than he yeah. deserves i mean he has crashed out of a lot of races this year yeah. like nearly every race i mean obviously some of them weren't it's not like the whole friendly fire incident at qatar but yeah, yeah he has he's not helped himself there <laughs> no definitely not i think that's maybe I, I could agree with you on that to a certain extent if you base it on this season and his performances because, yes, he hasn't performed this season. So maybe when you look at the comparison between Bastianini and who's going to get the Ducati seat, you could go, well, look at his performances sort of thing. But I think that one's quite harsh. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Yeah. That's, that's tough. Yeah. And, like, looking at last season, I had, like, like high, such high expectations yeah. for this season. I was like, yeah. he's going to come and take the seat from Jack Miller, which I would celebrate. <laughs> and now he's not done it. Um, yeah. So, that's yeah. An, that's interesting. Catherine, <laughs> what about you? Any unpopular opinions? Oh, I don't know. I've got hundreds whilst you're thinking if you want some. <laughs> well, we just, yeah, we'll move on. And if you think of one. Because I've got my massive laundry list. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, (laughs) thankfully, we asked all of Declan's thousands and thousands of followers for some unpopular opinions, and people did not disappoint. I think we'll put it that way. We've got, I could say about 500 here. So, we've got a lot. We obviously won't do them all, but we can go for a few. (laughs) We'll be here for a while, but by all means, go give give us the first unpopular opinion then. So, these two, I'll give you two because it's two actual riders. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've said the same thing, which is interesting. So it's, I don't know if they want me to say their names, but I'm going to say their names anyway. They've submitted it, so whatever. Um, it's Jason Uribe, who's done, obviously, the Moto America, motorbikes, and Mason Outlaw, who obviously was racing British bikes and Spanish Championship. Both of them have basically said that it's more about the sponsors than the riders. And that sponsors dictate riders and not just talent, but that's not just a MotoGP problem. Basically saying that money, money um, is the game in MotoGP and not talent, which I'm going to be controversial on the back of that. If you look at Anna Carrasco and David Salvador's situation, the point is proven. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I think <laughs> I'm gonna break it down a little bit. I think in terms of you, for me as a fan, I don't want to think that that's the case. But of course, I I know in situations that it probably is the case, and not even just the situation that you've mentioned. There are definitely loads and thousands. Yeah, in not only MotoGP but so many. I mean, BSVs, World Superbikes, literally everything that you can think of. Of course, money plays a factor. And I think, yeah, my opinion on that is that I don't want to 
believe it but unfortunately it is the reality i think in a, in a lot of of cases mm. yeah but i also i don't think MotoGP is the worst when it comes to that oh yeah when you get into formula one then, then you're yeah, starting no, to... <laughs> no that too but like even yeah. out of the like motorcycling classes i don't yeah. think MotoGP is the worst that could be which one so you're saying like in like lower classes and other and yeah, other like classes I, like i'd more... see like just in general like smaller and lower classes like where you literally have to pay to get that seat yeah because oh, yeah. in mother gp they have a bit more like also the team has backing so they can like they don't need as much of the sponsorships from each rider yeah yeah well yeah like you can look in the cv in the junior gp and there's kids who are 15 years old paying up to 600 grand for a seat you've got a rider i won't name who brought 1.2 million euros to a moto 2 team the other year a moto 2 team that's now nearly winning races you know it's and it's like that rider all season long finished at the back of the grid i don't think they scored any points but because they brought seven figures with them they got the seat over maybe another rider who could have performed a bit better but yeah i mean you see it locally i'm from northern ireland so here even in just our biking scene you know i have friends of mine that that race motorbikes and have lost out on opportunities purely because of backing and like they've had sponsorships and all pulled from them i mean they're not even competing this season in in a full seat because of that so yeah, I think I agree with Aino is that you definitely see it a lot more in lower classes and maybe on the road to MotoGP. And I'd mm. like to think it's not so much in the in the premier class itself, but yeah, Moto2, Moto3, and a lot of, yeah, the grassroots classes as well, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah definitely. And like, even, I was going to say, surprisingly, from what I've seen, because I've lived in uh, Qatar in the Middle East for the past seven years, when my um, friends would race, like it's surprisingly cheaper to race there than it is here. Yeah, and they get paid it? more. <laughs> yeah, more money to yeah. race in Qatar. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but it, it, it's different. And like, yeah. like the, the you, to pay for the seat, I don't know. It, it's a lot cheaper than it would be in Europe. I think. Yeah, which is surprising considering they do have more money. Mm. Yeah. I'm reading through some of these and they are horrendous. Oh no. <laughs> like so controversial. I'll give my controversial opinion that I gave a few episodes back that I've just remembered oh, from that comment. It. I said Anna Carrasco doesn't deserve a seat anymore. Yeah. So Which I don't think is complete, co- completely controversial. Well, I, <laughs> as you know, I didn't think she deserved it from the start. So yeah. this is where but, I knew we were going to have differing. <laughs> Um, opinions I'm going to base my story here I'm going to I'm going to put my point across now I can 100% see where your opinion comes from and I agree with it of course I agree with it but maybe it's because I am a female of course yeah, yeah. There, there's automatically a different perspective yeah. on the situation because I'm a female and I'm watching a female and I like seeing the representation and Absolutely. I do think she's talented I mean she's a world champion I think she's a fantastic racer maybe Moto3 wasn't the move for her or going back to Moto3 as such but yeah. in saying that it is so good to see her lining up on the grid and yeah. for young women out there everywhere incredible mm. but yes yeah. maybe Moto3 wasn't the right option but yeah. it's still good to see and I think we need more of it 
Yeah, like with yeah. Maria Herrera lining up yeah. at Aragon with a full female team, yeah, you know, exactly. female crew chief yeah. mechanic. I was about to mention that, yeah. yeah. It's amazing. Um, like, and, sorry, go. So, um, just the thing that I, I don't like, like, obviously her, like, results haven't, like, led us to believe that she deserves that seat, but I kind of agree with Lauren here. And also the thing that, a lot of people and obviously I'm not saying that you think that but like out there a lot of people think that she doesn't deserve the seat seat purely because she's a female and also the fact that if she were to lose her seat people are gonna bring it into the like oh women don't belong to racing like fuck off yeah yeah go home I've seen people like send me messages saying oh well she doesn't deserve it because she's a woman I'm like no that's nothing to do with it it's about that she's you know a minute off and raises and things like that you know it's like and uh completely what you said Lauren I uh, when she announced that she was going back I was so excited because I love watching her in Super Sport 300 don't get me wrong I'm a massive fan of Anna Carrasco Mm -hmm. however I did think like you said the move was not right for her and Mm. yeah she was definitely there to bring money which annoyed me she brought a lot of money with her I'm not gonna say the figure but I mean, she raced in the class before, which is maybe why I'm a wee bit like, I can completely understand your view and maybe it was a money thing or it is a money thing. But, you know, when you've raced in a class before, you've gone away for a few years. I think that was the wrong move. You know, was there no other options anywhere else? I'm, I know she wanted to progress because she'd won the championship mm. that she was in sort of thing. And I mean, she's had that massive back injury as well, where she had to get all that surgery. So to even see her racing a bike is great. Yeah. But yeah in that controversial opinion yeah I think yeah I think I got my point across pretty well that yeah she deserves to be racing at top level but maybe Moto3 wasn't the move considering she's already been in the class before and it didn't it didn't go down too well yeah because she nearly went super sport 600 she was testing the yeah like Kurosaki at her f and then two days later she was on the Moto3 entry list yeah which I thought was weird like as someone that watches world superbikes like a lot i just i genuinely wanted to just see her progress up the class yeah in her own time like she, yeah because like she had the seat yeah. yeah i mean for me as a, a guy watching i can't obviously relate to you as a male because yeah. obviously it's a male dominated sport but i'd like to see more women on higher capacity bikes yeah because yeah. it just seems like they're running around on the 250s. You know, you've got Anna Carrasco in the Supersport 300. You've got Maria Herrera, who has. Obviously, she's racing this year in e-superbike on the 600. She yeah, obviously became 12th overall in the stock 600 and then won in a class at the 24 yeah. Hours of Catalonia. She's won a race on an R1. But, you know, and Anna Carrasco did race a Tech 3 in the Moto2 CV series for for one year before dropping back down to 600 and for me i want to see that progression with a female rider i want to see maria herrera step up onto a moto 2 bike and a crash could step into super sport like maria yeah. herrera race super sport you know to so to see them then you know they both raced in the class in like 2015 and now they're coming back down yeah to moto 3 and it's like you know i want to see you do a moto 2 world card i want to see yeah. Anna go in world super sport 600 that's yeah. where i'm like uh, you know and then no definitely yeah it's like it's taken up like there are girls coming through like Kali Yakov who obviously won the Moto America Supersport 300 race and you know those are the ones that should be on the 300s yeah. not the 26 27 year old girls that really should be on a 600 because they've been on a Moto 3 too long kind of thing I think that's another point as well is that you know 
Anna Carrasco and Maria Herrera are the two names that we sort of gravitate towards when we talk about women riding motorbikes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a, an opinion that there needs to be more, even if it's in lower classes and stuff like that. There's definitely still not enough representation in these lower classes as well. So mm-hmm. no matter what those two are doing, I think in general of women in motorsport, yeah, okay, we're maybe seeing it slightly more in teams and stuff like that you know mechanics and people working in the teams but actual riders you know because you ask oh what females are there in motorsport and people could probably name you those two and then otherwise nothing and I think that's Mm. the the biggest issue here so if there's anything that we can take away from Anna Carrasco being in Moto3 is maybe trying to get more female names out there and especially with Maria coming in and getting that wild card and bringing a whole female team with her like I cannot wait to see that and to get the all the names of the team and all that and you really big it up definitely 100 yeah i mean in bsb at the minute or not bsb one of the talent classes there's a, a female rider called chloe jones who's really good and i was about to mention like, chloe yeah she looks 600 like she's, she's on yeah yeah she's on a 600 yeah no but she looks like she i i really hope that she makes her way up because she is brilliant and i watched her race at donington last week um because yeah. she's a wild card in something because you've got Charlotte who races, you've got Charlotte and yeah. Chloe. There's another Chloe who races on the Rich Energy 300s. Yeah. Um, and then you've got Chloe who races Super Stock 6 on the yeah. R6. But yeah, so there are three, because Faye Ho, um, obviously she's doing an amazing job. Obviously mm-hmm. from FHO, yeah, she's obviously hired three female riders in her teams. And obviously the Rich Energy squad have got girls, which is great. Yeah. You know, to see big rich sponsors putting back in behind females in motorsports yeah. great yeah no definitely yeah it's a it's a good topic the whole women in motorsport i don't know if you can tell we quite enjoy that one. <laughs> i could tell yeah <laughs> what gave it away <laughs> <laughs> yeah i've got a lot more top horrendous ones if you want some i don't know how harsh i want you to be now <laughs> i'm like oh I'll be uh, someone's that will shock us. Yeah. Oh gosh. Right. I'll give you a, a very a shocking one that says that Rossi fan base is the most toxic in MotoGP. <laughs> <laughs> that's controversial. Maybe don't ask the Rossi fan. Yeah, I was gonna yeah, say that's that. what I mean. <laughs> um, let's go through some more. Um ooh, that's that's a good one. I don't know if I like it or not, no. but Someone said Jonathan Rea is better than Danny Pedroza. Oh, yeah. No, we had we had a conversation earlier with Michael Hill, and when this podcast episode is released, the the interview with Michael Hill will also be released. So I can say this: he was saying that you can't compare apples and bananas, and I think mm-hmm. this situation is the exact situation that he was talking yeah. about. You can never compare those two because yeah. they raced in two completely different classes. For majority of their careers, I mean, I regard those two guys as some of the best riders ever. I mean, Danny Pedrosa, all his teammates said about him how amazing he is and how yeah. he's literally the best teammate to have. I mean, Casey Stoner said it about him. Mark Marquez said good words about him when he was his teammate. You can't compare him to Johnny Ray. The dominance was different. I don't know. They both played different roles in the team. Riders against, you know, it's yeah. yeah. I don't buy. Yeah, they didn't race against the same people. It's yeah. yeah. I don't know. I don't like making that comparison. No, no. Okay, let's have a look. Wait, I have one more. Go for it. 
Um, this is not really an unpopular opinion because I know I'm right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, go on. Then. All right, go but on then. I think every single like writer, even in Mother Three and Mother Two, and especially in Mother GP, should have fucking media training. Okay, I should, should stop cursing. Sorry. Yeah, they you should- swear while you talk about media training. <laughs> They should have media training. They need it. And I know I'm right. You cannot tell me anything else. Mm. They should have it. A lot of them do, but then a lot of them are like, like, what was it? Miller and Pecco said some like outrageous stuff in the press conferences last year, like sexist stuff. They got like proper, like, because what was it? Jack said something in the press conference about laughing at his mate Josh Hook for getting beaten by Maria Herrera in Motoe because she's a girl. And you're like, so yeah. Yeah, that didn't want that one. I agree. Oh. I said I'm, I'm right. <laughs> you are right. <laughs> but the, the thing is, I've noticed because I went to World Superbikes in Donington last week and the Yamaha Blue Crew Cup all get media drained. Yeah. And they were all coming up on the paddock show and they're all so well spoken at like 15. And I was just like, wow. Um, like, why don't they? I, I, like, I agree. They should start like like they've done in this class they should start really young and just like yeah. get the experience for all of it and it doesn't matter but even if you then don't go on to actually to higher classes at least then you've got it so then you know it is it is something because but in the other sense of media training and stuff I hate when people are so media trained that when you ask them a question it's the most bog standard answer and you get nothing from it there's no information whatsoever the team yeah. have drilled into them what they need to say and you're just left sitting there like what was the point in that interview? Because I haven't found out anything. There was no personality whatsoever. And mm. then you just, you're like, meh, what, what is that? And then you sort of not hate the writer or such, but then you're like, well, he's just a bit boring because he doesn't bring yeah. Yeah, but anything to it. I think writers that are like actually like well media trained yeah. are the ones that can bring a personality exactly. into it yeah. without like with being respectful because if they aren't media trained, as we've seen and I've talked about this multiple times and I will never stop talking about it but then we have cases like Dennis Unchu like ruining a lot of his like career and a lot of people like lost all respect for him just because of the like stuff he said like if yeah just someone had said to him like mm, maybe don't like you can tell this to your friends don't tell this to Instagram <laughs> your Instagram yeah. followers don't yeah. even know <laughs> yeah like I wouldn't be here complaining about him every single time yeah yeah, yeah a lot of riders some riders use you know, like agencies who will obviously run their social media for them but then you get riders like Alesh who runs his own twitter and has an argument with everybody yeah daily pretty much <laughs> <laughs> and you're like okay yeah maybe maybe there's some you need a pr person maybe but yeah because he is media trained and he's still like Oh, you disagree with me on Twitter? Let me you tell don't you like my me. opinion. Like, I've got a spare wrong. 10 minutes. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. And maybe this is rude. I mean, I'm not a surprise to anyone anymore. But, like, doesn't he have kids to, like, watch over? How does he... I don't have time to argue with everyone on Twitter. How does he have the time to it? He has a family. Yeah, he's, he's probably just... Well. Yeah, he might be sat on his push bike, just like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just texting <laughs> away. Yeah. I mean, it's funny that we were mentioning media training when we were just talking to Michael Hill earlier, and he he manages a lot of the uh, 
actually one of the writers you mentioned, Jason Arubi, he man manages his media and all of his PR stuff. And yeah. He's, well, like Michael, I know Michael, and um, I've interviewed a few of his riders last year mm -hmm. um, in obviously the pure racing thing. And yeah, Michael's really good at what yeah. he does. And he makes sure that his he media trains his own riders as well, which is really good. And obviously, if they say some outrageous stuff, then, you know, he's like, don't say that. <laughs> Things like that. So Michael, Michael's really good for what he does. Mm -hmm. um, and I know some of his riders personally. Um, obviously, he manages Remy Gardner, or at least does his socials with his promotions yeah. thing. And yeah, Michael's a good example to follow, to be fair. And like, obviously, because I was at Donington as well last weekend, and he was on the stage, and he was so good. Like, he was all weekend yeah. long. He was outstanding on that stage. Just killing Did you it. enjoy the musical? I, I don't think I stuck around for that. I can't remember oh, what I was doing. Oh, we were having a great chat I've got about videos the musical earlier. TikTok. So, yeah, I've got videos of it going on TikTok. I don't think Michael's going to appreciate it, but when our episode goes tomorrow, <laughs> I've got a video that's going up. Nice, okay. <laughs> And he was great to chat to and you can tell like even him himself when we were chatting to him like you can tell he's media trained because there was questions that we asked him that he could dance around as such like he didn't want to give a straight answer but answers it in such a way that it felt like he answered it yeah he answers yeah. the question without actually answering it sort of thing and <laughs> you can tell the media training there but then it's still good content and he's answered the question as such and yeah that's how everyone should be trained i think yes yeah so he's, he's... Have personality yeah, and he's good at what he does. You know, he's on the mic at um, Most America as well. He's even got his own brand, Mike on the mic. <laughs> he's very good at what he does, but he does so much everywhere, which is why everybody wants him. So. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Right, throw us another one. Let's go. Oh, gosh. Okay, right. So I did have one. That's it. Um, I'll just find it. Two-stroke race bikes were not that spectacular. That's very unpopular. Yeah, if I told my dad that one, I think he would kick off big <laughs> time. <laughs> he always says that to me. He's like, but two strokes, Lauren. And I'm like, what? <laughs> that's the thing. just a generation thing. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, like I'm too young to remember the two strokes. Yeah, me too. Yeah. yeah. Me too. Like, like, I'm 24. You know, I was, what, when they were cancelled, I was like three. Yeah. Like, and I haven't I watched any of them. There you go. Oh, there you go. <laughs> I feel old now. Thanks for that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, so, you know, I don't remember them. You know, it's not yeah. something I would be like, oh, yeah, because I, I, for me, right, a lot of pe people who like the two strokes and reminisce about two strokes are boomers who grew up watching the two strokes. We're yeah. people who may have grown up watching the 800s or the 1000s or even the 990s. Um, so it's for us it's not something I kind of identify with. Like I like the smell of a two stroke and when a two stroke goes oh, yeah. by, I'm like, Oh yeah, like, that smells and sounds amazing. But I'm not like, Oh, they were so much better than what we've got now. You know? It's... Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely an age thing though. And it's not that I don't appreciate them or anything, but it's not what I was even brought up watching or mm. going to see. So I can't really base an opinion on it when I've never been immersed fully into, into that sort of racing. So Maybe I'll ask my dad that one and he can tell me what he thinks. Hell yeah. <laughs> we'll make a part two that this and have yeah. his dad. Ask, my dad. <laughs> ask your dad to get his recording and yeah, snip it in on the podcast. Yeah, I'll put, it in. I'll put it in or I'll put it on Twitter or something. Yeah, that's a good idea. So, 
this one goes on a topic I wanted to bring up maybe later on because there's a lot of controversy at the moment within MotoGP and too many people are scared up to bring up bring up hmm how should I say this um extremely controversial topics such as things potentially being fixed in the favor of something or a result being fixed or something like that in return for financial gain i can give you an example again this is not what i believe this is not what the sighting lap believes this is just an example that has been said quite publicly recently by a really good there was a really good interview um i can't remember who it was by but a gentleman who used to work in the aspar team brought it up and said this is that basically exposed loads of stuff in gp and he said this isn't what i'm going to bring up on here but i just wanted to you know build up to it um that Yoan Mir's 2020 championship was fixed to give Suzuki a financial benefit to because they were run out of money, run out of funds, and therefore may have left MotoGP two years later now leaving MotoGP. And so to go on top of that, somebody has put was Rossi no, they believe that Rossi was sabotaged in Valencia 2006 to give America a champion. For financial gain so yeah it's a long-winded one but it kind of they tie together a little bit so yeah it, it ties together but we can totally take it in two parts so with the yuhan yeah. mir one it makes so much sense and especially because it's so fresh and um, yeah there's so many things that can be said about the 2020 season mm-hmm. it was wild and i mean to only win one race and go on to win the championship in itself is crazy and that's before you even start looking at finance and and stuff like that um but it it wouldn't surprise me the rossi one however i don't know about that one that one is is different to me because i feel like he he always says that's the season or one of the seasons that he wishes he had won but i don't yeah if i think if he'd really wanted to win it he would have yeah at the time anyway i don't I, i don't know like that's i don't know I don't think. <laughs> also, obviously, I was at the ripe age of two during that time. Oh, great. Um, <laughs> but, <was> um, <laughs> but again, kind of like what I said about Marquez, um, I just, I don't see Rossi being like anyone's like minion in a sort like him doing stuff for others like just like when he came into like uh was it like the true two strokes of like MotoGP back then look at me being young and not remembering the like cc's even but um like how he acted then and he kind of essentially gave no shits and just like did his own thing and he wanted to win and that's what he did. He doesn't seem like the guy to be like, oh, whatever. I'll let you win. Mm. Yeah. Also, I like Nikki, so I don't I like want to believe. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Because I mean, just... like, sorry. so obviously Nikki only won three races that year. Say only. You still won. No, he won two. Sorry, he won two Mer GP races. Say only. Like, he still won two Mer GP races. But you know, and then Mir won 
a race at Valencia after everyone was like, oh, he's not going to win a race, blah, blah, blah. Well, we could win the championship at this track. And then he goes and wins a race after wins suddenly veers off track, weirdly, at that corner. Yeah. Um, and then Rossi crashes. Pedroza crashes into Nicky Esteril. Bit weird. And then Rossi crashing early in the race. To be fair, though, with the Valencia <laughs> one, when you look at Rossi's crash, it doesn't look like he just went, oh, I'm just yeah. going to slide off. But like, it did look like a genuine crash, in fairness. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 100%. I, you know, you definitely it's... couldn't go, that was manufactured, and he just took a wee ride off into the yeah. gravel. But not, I mean, no definitive answer, is there? No, that, that season, yeah. That season was the first one that I, like, I, I mean, I was four. That was the first season that I remember I idolised Nicky Hayden. I'm not touching that. <laughs> <laughs> don't blame you <laughs> yeah that's what the, i could definitely give you more of an opinion on the mere one but then i'm i'm bringing in more factors in, in terms of like other riders not performing and yeah. mm. you know marquez not being there literally everyone that season was like oh no you win the championship yeah no, literally no, you win the championship like what and that's before weird. you even get into what you just said about like money gain and stuff like no one wanted it yeah, because like, even Fabio didn't really want it. Like, no. oh, Fabio, I'm leading the championship. Uh, you know what? I'm not going to get on the podium for the rest of the year now. <laughs> yeah, I'm just going to dump it. <laughs> yeah, oh, wait. No, I am still here. I'll win, I'll win a Qatar as well. Just so you know, I am still here. And then I'll just disappear again. It's fine. Yeah. Maybe yeah. it was a bad luck situation because look at Mir and Suzuki now. Maybe yeah, that's why no one wanted to win it. I mean, if it was money, then it definitely just prolonged the inevitable because they yeah. they clearly want to leave and obviously they've made that choice i mean MotoGP are making them pay something silly to leave 20 million euros yeah yeah so mm. i don't know why didn't they just stay <laughs> we got this one on twitter and it's jack miller really isn't that likable and english media overhype him way too much oh <laughs> who wants to go first <laughs> Not me today. Not today. Bloody hell. I mean, he's a nice guy. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't really see how people can dislike him because he's in a MotoGP world that we've got these days, which is so PR and so media. Like, obviously, we say that they lack media training, and some of them do, but they're. You know, back in you look back in the 2010s and even back maybe in the 90s, and you've got riders who did not care. Yeah. What they they would say whatever they thought they did, what they, you know, Rossi wasn't afraid to, you know, smack Biagi in the mouth. Oh no, wait, didn't Biagi fall over or something? Is what he <laughs> yeah. said. Yeah. You know, they, they weren't afraid of controversies. Now at GP, they're so scared, they're uptight, they're terrified of annoying people. Then so to have a character like Jack Miller for me it's great he seems like a nice guy he's great with the fans he's always doing stuff for the fans and i think people maybe don't like that and they don't like somebody being you know breaking the mold maybe yeah especially in this mold of like you have to be media trained and you have to give your one word answers not be personable at all he definitely has an amazing personality and maybe a few years ago before he'd got his decali seat i could have maybe seen it from that move straight up from moto 3 to moto gp where it didn't exactly click straight away you could maybe go Mm. oh they're overhyping him which yeah maybe they did but I think now I definitely wouldn't agree with that statement because he's doing so well. I don't think he should have lost his Ducati seat when you look at the younger guys who aren't performing well enough to 
really put their stamp on the Ducati seat. I mean, he's even, I'm not going to say he's outperforming Peko, but he's definitely not like in Peko's shadow or anything at the minute. So I think it was actually very, very tough on him this season for them to just say, no, you're out of the team. So yeah, maybe a few years ago, I could have said, yeah, there was a bit of a hype over him, but definitely, definitely not now. I mean, in a sense, uh, I think he's, when you look at at least his PR personality, I think his, it's like you said, it's kind of fresh compared to other ones. He's very energetic around fans. He likes to joke around. But like we talked about earlier in like some of his jokes, I kind of like, would it be better if you just kept your mouth shut? Mm. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Um, So like there's a line and I see where they're coming from because sometimes he says kind of like stuff like the joke we mentioned before I don't think it it has been the only time he said something a bit questionable but on the other hand I see why a lot of fans like him per se because he's very involved with the fans and I think also partially partially he's very easy for like older fans to like just because of the like I mean it could be just me but I I, I love McDuhan and I follow him and just like for someone like our parents probably who watched him race and then he interacts a lot with Jack and he wears Jack wears his merch and all of this stuff it's like easy to like him because yeah. he's kind of like respects the old as well as like being a breath of fresh air it's um maybe an Aussie thing as well because you look over F1 obviously Daniel Ricardo is like the guy that everyone likes he's yeah. you know F1's good guy he also breaks the mold and then you go a step down to F2 and you got Jack Dewan who again is a very happy-go-lucky guy he's doing the shoeys on the podium you know obviously sad dad's obviously Mick Dewan and the um you know Jack is very much like it I don't know if any of you listen to the Gypsy Tales podcast but you know he's very much he went on there and he was very chilled out and like I'm I'm very I say I'm friendly um I could say I, I'd say I'm mates with Ollie Bayless who's obviously Troy's dad Troy's son sorry and <laughs> like again like Ollie's the same Ollie's just so chilled out he's like he's like Jack in the sense that he just yeah he just chill you know I, I mean, think that's an Aussie thing maybe yeah because you see it in Remy Gardner too I mean obviously I, yeah I Remy personally yeah. but the whole way through last season when there was all that pressure <laughs> trying to be put on with the royal situation and he was like yeah whatever yeah. like it's like so some of the what did he say Raul said something about the team putting rocks under yeah. Raul said oh the team put rocks in front of me and, and Remy was like that's bullshit he was just like whatever yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> like what are you talking about <laughs> yeah. yeah definitely definitely yeah maybe it is just the Australian and um that maybe yeah. some people it doesn't catch on some people and maybe they don't see his humor and that yeah. sort of stuff that that could be something because i mean british humor doesn't go to america like, yeah it does not translate well does yeah it? not at all so <laughs> that that could definitely be a reasoning behind that yeah mm. and mirror is kind of a black sheep because a lot of things in motorsport world in general are very like serious and he's yeah. just there to have a good time. He's just there pulling stoppies and wheelies, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> it's like top rack. <laughs> Definitely. Him and Binder next year are going to be a brilliant 
I can't wait for it yeah I'm so excited about that initially I was like "Mm, KTM and then I had to think about it and I was like no like if they get that bike in check next season it's gonna be so fun to watch and like we've seen flashes of greatness from Binder this year so far we know Miller's good yeah if they can get up there and at the front it's going to be really really fun to watch for sure it's going to be a party yeah. and obviously Miller no Binder's just chill as well Binder's he like seems to be yeah he's just well. like eh, whatever <laughs> so him and Jack together it's just perfect yeah it's definitely going to be a good a good team I mean that's probably one of the the lineups I'm most excited to see yeah. so far obviously not all seats are confirmed but out of the ones that we are 100 percent that we do know that's definitely one of the most exciting ones for sure yeah okay um what did alex say about dennis foggia earlier oh i can't Ooh. remember oh I, I don't know but i i had an opinion about dennis foggia earlier go for it we'll get your one then <laughs> i can't remember exactly what she said yeah but it was sort of along the lines of what i said i disagreed with her whatever it was and now i can't remember a lot of people don't like Foggia. Like, I just want to say, like, even in the people, people in the paddock don't like Foggia. I'm one of those I'm intrigued. People. I'm intrigued about what she has to say. I'm like, is it one of those people? She oh, likes I... him. She likes him. I like him. I I'm going to ask her. I'm going to text her and see if she. Will. Yeah, ask her. What I said, which is similar, I was like, um, Dennis Foggia, if he keeps going the way he's going, uh, what's the saying? Always uh, the bridesmaid, never the bride. Yeah. Yeah, and he will go down that way. I think if if he doesn't get, I think Anik, oh, because we the, her, her conversation led me to bring this out, and it was like that's what she said after she said what she said. Yeah, because she was like, um, oh, he doesn't have something to win. There's on. something missing. Fodja could yeah. be like amazing yeah. and could be the next world champion and winning all around him, but there's something missing. missing. He's like a nine yeah. nine percent man kind of thing. Yeah. Because. Yeah. Like he's um, just he's there, but he's not there. You know, like, he needs a... and he doesn't have a cool head, so he just like he just chucks it. Yeah, he has got said, he's got I a said... mental capacity of potato. He's just got no mental strength at all. Like he just falls apart completely. Yeah. Like like last year when he was just causing mayhem within the garage um and the stuff with his dad and then and then he was like oh i'm leaving this team at the end of the year i'm going to motor two now you said an interview and then afterwards he ends up in the team this year and you're like what what's what's going on there also him kicking pedro like oh yeah in the last race like he was so pedro wasn't even the reason why he lost the championship go go kick darren off his bike he can't he can't ride in the wet which i think like skill wise that's something that he definitely needs to work on before you even think about the mental aspect like a drop rain hits the track and he's like oh my god i can't do it but then you get this whole mental thing and and this year really surprised me because i thought after last year and the disappointment and the whole thing that how it went down darren and, and pedro and the accident and stuff i thought that he'd come into this season so like mentally strong and would have been really really prepared but then I mean, out of nowhere, it just seems that he's just imploded completely mm-hmm. again. And it's mm-hmm. like, did you ever get yourself 100% in check for this season? Because it doesn't seem like it. There is. Mm-hmm. Sorry, carry on. I'll explain. This no, I remember what Annick said, but go. So, there's, again, I've got to limit what I say here, but 
there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes in that team that really inhibits riders from getting yeah. their best. You know, Altigas left them last year and, you know, they've had champions, but Messia left. Yeah. You know, Messia and Foggia, that have an easy title, but there are things I could tell you off air, um, <laughs> but there are things in that team that mm-hmm. inhibit riders from succeeding, which is possibly why Foggia is not doing well this year. But it's also a strange one that he decided to stay when he had Moto Two offers on the table at the end of last year, and he had offers to go elsewhere. Yeah, and yet he stayed even after the fiasco in Austria, which makes you sit there and wonder why he why? stayed. Yeah, and unless then why he, he's not performing this year? Unless he really thought that he had a point to prove in the Moto Three class, which is the only reason I could see him staying. Unless he was like, "Yeah, no, I've got a point to prove." Everyone thinks that Pedro had it in the bag, but if it was a fair contest, I would have, like, unless he really thinks that in his head, which, to be fair, he probably does. I think, yeah, he came into this season being like, I am going to win. But then Sergio Garcia has that mindset. Isang Vara has that mindset. You know, all the riders at the front of the championship also have that mindset. So, I don't know. He's Yeah, he definitely doesn't seem mentally prepared. Mm -hmm. But yeah, he's made mistakes other than that as well that don't really help him at yeah. all. And I don't see him winning this championship this season at no. all. Like I think his chances are are completely gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, from what I know, he will be stepping up next year to Moto Two. So this will be his last chance saloon to win title. But the Aspar boys are too good this year. I, I think they're too yeah. They would literally need to crash in every race for Fodgy. Knock each other off. Yeah. Um, I think Annex one was that Garcia is better than Guevara. No, Guevara is better than Garcia. Yeah, I'd agree. She said it the other way around because she was like, oh, Garcia has more potential than Guevara. What? I thought it was the other way around because I think... I think I've got we, my opinion as well, so we, okay, let's well, talk. <laughs> well, if we do, okay, let's compare the two Aspar boys then, because there, there's differing opinions I, here. Sorry, I think Izangavara. I think Izangavara is the next. I think he mm. is working his way up. And yeah, you look at America last year and you go, that child is on a rampage, and he had his big toddler <laughs> tantrum. But I feel like he needed to get that out of his system. He's come yeah. this season so mature, so ready. And he's just been there or thereabouts in every race. And yeah, he's he's really matured this season. And I think, not what I was expecting at all, but I'm not mad about it. I think he is going to exceed Garcia. Well, for me, right. So I'd agree because I've watched Garcia and Guevara for many years now. Because for some reason I have, I care more about like the junior classes than I care about the G player classes and yeah. all that. Like I remember Guara and he was in the uh, European Talent Cup. And he went and won that, and then did a wild card in the junior, which is now the junior GTP Moto Three at the end of the season. And his debut on a Moto Three bike was tenth. And the next year, obviously, won the championship again as a rookie. And that is, you don't win the ETC and then go and win the CV Moto Three series back to back. You don't do it, yeah. you know. And then Sergio Garcia, who was. I remember when he was, he did three years, I believe, in the Australia Galicia squad in the junior CV. And he was good. Yeah. But 
he kind of he missed a bit to Alcoba. Alcoba was just a bit better. Olgado was a bit better than him there. Yeah. And then when he stepped up, it was weird. I because I thought I always said that Holgado should have stepped up over Garcia, but obviously Garcia did step up and has done well for himself. But yeah. Guevara has always had that, he's had that faster progression. Garcia's always been like a slow burner, but then once he's there, he's there. Yeah. Whereas Guevara is there, 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 there. You know, he's much like Acosta and Artigas, who was yeah. taken, who should, Artigas should be up there every race. But, yeah. you know, Guevara is very much a rider who will. Like if he's in Moto Two next year, I expect him to be winning races straight off the bat. No, definitely, yeah. and it's yeah. not like I'm trying to take anything away from Garcia because I do believe that he is very talented and will oh, have yeah. a very good career. But if you're talking about like defining moments and who's going to be the the bigger and winning more, I I definitely do think it's it's Izan for sure. But I think Garcia will be up there as well. I think. Yeah if you could like kind of transfer like Garcia's maturity because I think obviously Izan has and maybe I just get flashbacks from that tantrum at Kota but I think overall Garcia maybe handles himself more mature like when you see him just like and he seems usually more calm than Izan. He's a quiet character. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and I think if you kind of could transfer that to Izan and like his like Izan's writing style you would have like the perfect rider almost then you get pedro acosta yeah yeah looks yeah. really like, calm on the outside but yeah. when he gets on a motorbike there but you I, i'd say like racing yeah i'd say like <laughs> racing wise he's on but like as of right now like maybe that like whole package i'd say garcia i'm not sure who i think is gonna win the championship but i just think garcia handles himself more maturely yeah. and like kind of that way is like less prone to have like confidence issues per se yeah. like i'd see more likely is on like crumbling under the pressure than mm-hmm. garcia from like yeah. just mentality set wise but like writing style i'd say Izan. I that was yeah very yeah. confusing <laughs> but you're welcome <laughs> <laughs> I definitely get that. Do you have any more unpopular opinions that you want to share with us? So a lot of people have said the same thing. Um that Moto one basically said that they thought MotoGP was rubbish when Marquez was dominating, but it's actually gotten worse since Marquez isn't dominating. <sighs> and basically somebody else has said to back that up. Um, yeah, the basic MotoGP isn't as exciting whilst Marquez is there, even though Marquez was obviously dominating. There you go, MotoGP was way more exciting than when Marquez dominated every race. Right, I'm gonna go right in there. The thing with Marquez dominating is he did dominate, but I remember one season he, I think we actually spoke about it with Michael earlier. Yeah, um, one season where he won loads of races. But it was like on the last corner. It was still exciting. I, I think you can sort of bring error into this and the fact that we it's a new era of the bike. You can't just be like, oh, it's it's not as exciting. Well, there's a reason for that, and it's. I still think it is exciting, but I it's a different type of exciting. It's more strategy and like tactical, and you have to think about it. You know, it's yeah. more the riders have to be more technical instead of, oh, I'm just gonna go up the inside really quick like uh, does that make any sense yeah no it's, i definitely get that 
Yeah, it's like the comparison that I, was, I know that you did with um, World Superbike and MotoGP, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, you can't compare. I don't. I, for this one, I did enjoy a lot of Marquez's domination because okay. when you look at 2012, the whole way up to you know even his last championship, there was always someone there battling with him, whether it be yeah. Dovi, Lorenzo, Valentino, his teammate, like there was always someone at least one other person challenging him yeah so I don't yeah because look at the results from 2019 you know Dovi had a really good shot at that championship and if you look back a lot of Mark's first place finishes Dovi would have been second place sort of thing and I think that battling was so good and like Alex Rins was in there in one of those races they had a really exciting race yeah, yeah that season and it was just incredible racing I think um if you factor out the Saxon ring, which obviously he completely <laughs> dominates at, I think the racing was really, really good. And yeah. the racing, I feel, has only got worse this year. And I agree with Catherine that I would say it's a lot of the arrow. But then even I'm bringing in penalties. Riders are too scared to make moves now, especially after that move in Assen from Fabio Quattararo getting a penalty riders don't know what to do anymore because they can't even make an overtake and make a mistake without being penalized for something Mm -hmm. silly but then there's riders who are going out there and making massive mistakes and not getting anything so that brings in a whole different aspect of what is ruining racing and I don't think it's Marc Marquez's fault and his domination Um, whatsoever and I don't like you said it wasn't even him dominating like I remember the the Qatar round in 2019 where it was a draft to the line and it was like, what, 0.02 or something. Like there was like five riders down to life. Like it it was exciting. And like, I loved being there for that. That race was amazing. But it's just, I suppose it is the aero debate and we've spoken spoken about it a lot. And it's just, yeah, I mean, I do enjoy World Superbikes a lot because of the racing and it's always I remember it's always you always gasp and you're always like oh my god you know like but I feel like with MotoGP it's different now but it, it's not necessarily bad different it's just different yeah, yeah. that's fair that's, that's my point yeah like I don't know it's a tricky one because I prefer MotoGP when Marcus is there yeah like I like to see a rider who is exceptionally better than the rest of them. And I don't think that's controversial to say. (laughs) I like to see a rider, male or female, doesn't really matter, but a rider extract everything out of a motorbike that no one else can. In picking the saves up on his elbow, him sliding the back end in and just... Do, putting in the same lap times and moves and riders that you sit there and go, no one else could do that. It's like watching Top Rack now and World Superbikes, yeah. you know, when Top Rack, he just absolutely sends it. And, you know, like Ray will study, sit there and study for ages and then bang, right, he'll make the overtake and the Top Rack next corner is like, whatever. So lets the brakes off and goes for it. And that's the same with Marquez. And MotoGP is missing that spark, that extra bit to see a rider riding on rails like even the races that jorge lorenzo disappeared on which is quite regularly mm. they were still exciting because you watched lorenzo like just man a machine just paint a line around the racetrack and every la- every lap he hits the same corner in the same 
inch or like micro inch of tarmac because he was so precise. And then you watch a Marquez who goes around and he's so loose with it, but he he's not afraid to just send it under a rider and let the brakes off and push them wide. And you know, like with Pecco at Aragon last year, and I miss that about MotoGP because it's boring to watch you know, boring to watch Fabio disappear up in the distance. He's amazing and I love it. Uh, but it's great when when you get a rider who isn't afraid to send it up the road. For example, it's why Assam was so good with Aleish because yeah. Aleish was like, right, I don't care. Like, I'm going to pick up three points here or I'm going to crash. You know, I may as well try and get 10 points. That was his quote. Yeah. So to see him absolutely send it up the inside of Binder and Miller at the last corner was amazing. Yeah. We don't get riders like that anymore. We only get Marquez doing that. I think I don't. I don't think this is controversial. I think Fabio Quattararo could be like that. He's my favorite rider. I'll not be shy in saying that. Yeah. I definitely think he's the best at the minute. Yeah. If he had the machinery underneath him, say like Mark had with the Honda for so many years, I think Fabio could be that rider. But he definitely that Yamaha is not any good, and you could. I, I thought last season he was very dominant. I wanted him to win the championship. He was really, really good. And then you find out that the bike was actually terrible and he opened up and said, this bike is terrible. It's really bad. And then we get to this season and you're like, oh yeah, no, you're right. This bike is bad. Yeah. I think if he had the machinery underneath him, we could get races like we used to have with Marc Marquez. Yeah, Fabio just he... plays it safe, doesn't he? I, I just think it's the bike, though. I think the bike is hindering him, and he has to take those precautions to bring it home. He can't afford to ride the same way or do what Marquez used to do because he's on a bike that's so much worse than everyone else's. And yeah, he definitely can't afford to make those mistakes. And like Aston just goes to prove that, you know, he can't be making mistakes like that and going on to win a championship. Hmm. But I also think like Marquez isn't afraid to get a penalty especially never, like penalties weren't really as big as well when you look at yeah. it like Vanzner also like picked Marquez off his bike yeah. he didn't get a penalty yeah. like penalties yeah but also thing. like in, just in general I think he knew he was good enough so like yeah. when he won like the mother three championship from pit lane like he just knew he was good enough so yeah. he didn't have to be scared of like oh do I get a penalty from to like do I have to start from the back of the grid or something like that because he knew that he kind of like sorry not Even sorry was better than everyone else yeah. that it was he controversial could make up, it was always yeah, controversial. he could make up those places yeah. and not yeah. like be worried about it yeah which cause... I respect that because like confidence is key you need <laughs> you need that character it's why it's why I am going to be controversial now, but it's why, I don't know, Rossi lost his spark. Rossi was so controversial in the early years and he was and like, you know, you go back through the years and the battles of Biaggi and they were like, wow, you know, they had this fire. And then they had obviously this horrendous, but amazing to watch, you know, rivalry, Casey Stoner with Jorge Lorenzo yeah. and then with Marquez, but then when Rossi's results kind of dropped, he just kind of, he faded in the back and he wasn't then as controversial. So then when you get Marquez coming in and <laughs> causing issues and, you know, annoying Aleish, for example, and annoying Rins and annoying Mir, and it's nice to see because the riders are a bit too friendly these days. It's great to see riders being friendly with one another and it creates an amazing atmosphere, but it's nice to also see a bit of hatred between each other, you know? <laughs> 
Yeah. I, th- I think Rossi lost that spark after the 2015 season and not being able to come up with an answer for Mark in the later seasons. And obviously mm. age and the bike factored into everything. And yeah, there's a lot of what ifs with, with Valentino. Um, but I think, yeah, he just, in the end, he never found an answer. I think maybe if the championship had gone Valentino's right in 2015, things would be so different. But yeah, yeah there's there's so many what ifs and that could have changed Mark's riding. That mm-hmm. could have changed the whole dynamic. Like even if they didn't fall out with each other, like the two of them used to get on so well and it was always really fun to watch the yeah. the dynamic between them in pit lane and stuff like that when they were celebrating with each other. And then it turned sour and then it was like, oh, this is really interesting yeah. because now it's they like don't tension. like each other. And the press like conferences on the other yeah. hand. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> the snippy comments to each other and... Yeah, there's so many scenarios in my head that I would have loved to have seen play out. Like, yeah. what if Rossi won? What if Marquez won? What if this happened? What if that happened? And yeah, the dominance might not have, have been there if things had, had planned out differently that season. So, but yeah, back to the point of Marquez. So I, I I don't know. I, I did enjoy it. And I'm not even Marquez's biggest fan. Yeah. Like, I, I was the one that was like, oh, Marquez is winning again. But I, I still enjoyed it. Of course, I enjoyed it because it was yeah. good racing. And that's exactly that. It's, it, it was just good racing. And we, we do sort of miss that. But I, you would think that now that they've seen all the error, they'll develop it so it's not an issue anymore. I think people know that they want that old style racing back. And we have the personalities in MotoGP yeah. to get that. But we now need the bikes and the racing to follow yeah. suit between the relationships that we have between and, riders and like I love the the respect that Fabio and Alish have for each other yeah. but that could be really interesting <laughs> if it wasn't so respectful on yeah. the <laughs> yeah like if Mark if Fabio for example like Asana had gone into Alish's pit box and started screaming yeah. no and he went I'm sorry Alish goes get out of my box throws his boot at him <laughs> or something like that would have been hilarious and it's like oh have a hug you know it's like no <laughs> But yeah, no, it, I, I definitely think, like you said, there's a lot more respect in, or not even, they had respect then. They, they just, just get on with each other now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, but uh, yeah. I mean, it would make it interesting. I kind of want something like that back, but I also don't. <laughs> yeah. Should we get a bit more spice back into it? I think if Marquez does come back, we'll get that, mm. that spice game because you've seen it even when he wasn't at his full fitness going out and annoying people getting toes off people I mean I think you had Mayor must get nightmares about Marquez like, <laughs> towing behind him yeah I think we need a bit more a bit more spice nothing too no, but crazy but that's no. also why I want Mark back at its his like best yeah because then he, he he will like he's not scared to like step on anyone's toes or yeah. rattle their feathers like he just wants to win and he's not scared to admit it yeah. like he just wants to win and like yeah. nothing will stop him definitely mm-hmm. okay is there any more yeah there's a few okay. i've got a few um this is a touchy subject and you can cut it if you want um i kind of agree with it though oh it feels horrible saying this to be honest <laughs> but um despite his talent marcus simoncelli would not have been a motor gp world champion nope not going near that <laughs> it's controversial as hell that makes me sad. <laughs> yeah, it's a touchy subject. Yeah, I mean, 
that is so many what ifs as well like so many what ifs yeah because things would have been so different obviously if the accident had never happened like Mm -hmm. that vr46 academy would probably not be a thing because valentino and marco would have just continued doing what they're doing yeah okay valentino might have helped a few of the younger italian riders but like the academy I don't think would be a thing and Valentino said that himself is that he wanted to make the academy because of what he did with Marco I mean if he had the machinery underneath him I think he could give it a good run I'd like to believe that he could have but mm-hmm. I, I I have nothing to base it on as to whether or not he could have it's just pure opinion isn't it yeah he wasn't far enough into his MotoGP career to make yeah. that definitive then, answer I think yeah it's, of course yeah, I, I want to believe yeah. that he could but I have nothing. I mean, we sort of touched on this in another episode, though. Yeah. And I, I, he was on an upward descent. Uh, up, not descent. What's the word? Ascend. Ascension. That's the one. Oops, almost said the wrong one. He was (laughs) on such an upward trajectory that I, I would like to think, and that's just like that may just be me being like wishful thinking, but that's what I'd like to think. I think because I was a fan of him as well at the time yeah. that of course I want to believe that he would have won championships because I really liked him and he was controversial and he caused drama and yeah, he was this crazy Italian guy that had no regard for other riders around him and people hated him. Like Gianni yeah. Pedrosa <laughs> literally had a vendetta against that guy. Like I watched yeah. hitting the apex hitting the apex all the time just yeah. to see their rivalry between each other. Like oh, it was yeah. Brilliant. It makes me sad though, like because yeah. what is it Danny says in the in the apex? He says that he regrets not shaking his hand. Yeah, because oh. he goes to say sorry to him, and then Danny just stands there and he's like, "No." Yeah, and Danny's like, "I'll regret that for the rest of my life." Yeah, there's so many like ifs and like well, yeah, Simicelli and his passing, like he was on trajectory. No one knows if he could have won a championship. I'm don't know because there was rumors of him going to Ducati with Rossi again we don't know but Simicelli's passing as tragic as it was changed the course of history of MotoGP you know like without that I don't know if we'd have Pekka on the grid if we'd have Bainaya on the grid it's crazy to think about really like what you happened? said the same person. Yeah, you really I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I meant more Bedelli. I'm sorry. I'm tired. <laughs> yeah, or like Bazzetti, for example, or yeah. the entire academy. Like, obviously, you mentioned Lauren. Yeah, no, literally, I honestly think that the academy wouldn't have been a thing. And I, yeah, I, li- I literally said it. Like, yeah, okay, he might have helped yeah. a few Italian writers. I think the fate of his brother would have always been the same because, of course, yeah. he's going to help always. his brother. You never know because you look at like I think he had a pretty good look at me. I he had a pretty good junior class, like junior classes. Yeah, like, he was. Yeah, yeah. But we've had people come through who'd been who've been like brilliant in the junior classes, and they've done fuck all in like MotoGP. Yeah, and then you have like Fabio who wasn't that strong in junior classes and look at him now so like yeah. you kind of never know no. yeah like even if, if you just base it on that like you yeah. yeah you don't you can't predict how it was going to end up because there's so many riders who do do well in the lower classes and then go nowhere and then there's riders who don't flourish until they get onto the bigger bikes and those bikes are obviously much more suited to them but yeah i mean we wouldn't have his dad's team in moto three or moto e either true yeah Luca i've got Marie. one more 
Oh, yeah, Luca Marini, go for it. I want to bring up Luca Marini because I'm so glad that Alec's not here because she disagrees with me every single time I bring this up. Is Luca Marini overrated? And do you think that if he wasn't Valentino Rossi's brother, that he would be able to get to the, the position that he's in now? Is he a good enough hmm. rider? It's a good question. Regardless of talent, he is a nepotism baby. I know Vala isn't his dad, but like... He kind of is a nipple baby, so I'm well, his sorry. dad did race. Uh, re- no, they have different dads, actually. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, obviously, family to... plays into that, but I think that's also a question that you could ask with Mick because neither of them have like very well, like that well performing like machinery under them, mm-hmm. and you could play the what ifs as long as you would like, yeah. I think with Luca that I I am of the opinion that he deserves to be there. I Me think too. he is a good rider. Yeah. I think he missed out on the Moto 2. There was crashes and, of course, mistakes that I'm sure he regrets making, etc., etc. But I think he has an opportunity here to do very well in Moto GP. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think, of course, he's probably there because of who he is. And that brings in the academy from what we were talking about as well. Like, obviously, he's part of that academy and that has helped him immensely. And he gets to train with all those guys all the time, which will have benefited him a lot. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I'm of the opinion that Luca Marini definitely deserves to be there. But I know a lot of people who think that he definitely shouldn't be there and that he's not good enough to be there. And he's only there because he's Valentino Rossi's brother. And, yes, yeah, so what if he is? But I think he is on the upwards trajectory of proving that he is good enough to be there without the name. See, my spin on this is he wouldn't receive the criticism that he receives if he was Wally's brother. Yeah, definitely. If he was just a a normal rider, I think everyone would think, oh, he's such a great rider, he deserves to be there. It's only because he has that name attached, which I think is is a little bit damaging because everyone expects him to be his brother, but you can't expect that of him if, like it's not you can't expect that of anyone yeah. like it's damn I, I do think him not not damaging but do, do you know what I mean everyone looks at him different which I think if 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 we're talking about in terms of overrated I don't think he's overrated because yeah. people if, if he didn't have that name attached him people would look at him different and think he was great and think he was underrated yeah yeah like I don't think he's gonna be the next Valentino Rossi, but I don't think like there is. Ever I don't think anyone, anyone is to be honest. Yeah, literally. <laughs> so you can't hold hold him accountable to just like racing God. Yeah. And be like, you should be that. Like, no one's gonna be that. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um, but I I do think he deserves to be deserves to be there. Yeah. Yeah. Got. I've got an opinion. Well, not opinion. I want to add to your... Because obviously you mentioned about Luca Marini maybe not getting there, um, obviously without the academy and things like that. Financially, I don't know if Ru- if he'd have got there either because obviously the VR46 Academy provides a lot of money to these riders. Yeah. And he got a special seat in 2015 on the Moto2 TV grid because he did one race in Moto3. He did, I think, actually, no, I think he did a full Moto3 season in the Chev or he did like one or two races. It was one of the two. He barely, barely touched yeah. the Moto3 bike and then went straight into Moto2 without the VR46 backing because he raced a Pons bike yeah. and it wasn't a regular Pons livery. It was literally just monster energy, VR46 and like a tiny little Pons logo. 
you know, meaning that obviously Rossi has paid for him to get where he is, yeah. you know, and then would he have got the same opportunities to race forward racing next to Baldazari with VR46 logos all over both of their bikes with a VR46 being like a partner of the team? Yeah. And then would he have then got the VR46 Riders Academy seat? Mm. I don't know. And then would he have then progressed to MotoGP? I don't know. I would say talent wise, he's got what it takes. Like yeah. he is unbelievably talented he's just a slow burner yeah. and he's he's a such a good rider but would he have been a rider that you know another one that missed that we missed you know and has gone by the wayside just because lack of money or because there's other more talented riders and therefore but because he's got fancy Rossi's name does that has that helped him in his career I'd say yes but yeah but in that, if you take out the whole brother aspect and just look at the academy as a whole, you could say that about every single academy rider. Oh, yeah. yeah. Because there's slow burners in his academy. And, I mean, you've got Nicolo Antonelli, who isn't performing on a Moto2 bike, but... He's out. He's out. He's out. Yeah, the end of this, yeah. But, then, but then where does he go? Does he get a seat funded somewhere else? Like, he's not just... Is he going to back one of his riders or is he just going to completely drop them? I don't know. You, you see, this I can give you the answer to that off the air. I've got the answer to it already. Oh. So. <laughs> but I just... Yeah, I think that is the case for a lot of the academy riders. And even though you've got Peku Bangai and Frankie Morbidelli, riders that, yeah, maybe could have got there without the help of Valentino Rossi, there's a few that I think it definitely wouldn't be where they are without the help of that, that VR46 team. But then that's the whole point of the team. And that's why you need the team there is to get these riders who maybe wouldn't have been seen otherwise into the 100%. sport and now they're big names so yeah i think the vr46 thing has been amazing and there needs to be more of it i agree yeah <laughs> well like um Bezzecchi, for example when he yeah. got on that podium ass and he was like fancy rossi is so i carried the vr46 flag as well you know because yeah. like again i followed the junior classes i remember Bezzecchi, he was racing the italian championship yeah but next to no money and rossi managed to get him a mahindra seat and then got him into the world championship on the mahindra and then Obviously, his talent spoke for himself, but then that Bristol ride costed money. Yeah. And he didn't have the money, but the VR Fox Academy paid for it. Yeah. It's interesting. It is. Very, very and interesting. off the back of that as well, there are rumors that Dovizioso is going to be starting an academy. I'd love that. So, I would absolutely cool. love that. Dovi has been one of my favorite riders for as long as I can remember. I've always. Oh yeah, him as a great rider. We always have this joke in my family because one year that he, I honestly think it was 2019 with his battle um with Marquez, and it was they always used to say he's the last of the late breakers. And now yeah. any time that a commentator says that about someone else, I'm like, no, that is Dovi, and Dovi is the only one that can hold that <laughs> title. No one else is a late breaker apart yeah. from Dovi. You can there you go. You can call it like the late breaker school or something yeah. like that. <laughs> got a name sorted anyway yeah i mean it is still a rumor so yeah, yeah but <laughs> that would be good. these rumors often go nowhere but yeah the theme of brothers mm. would mm. alex marquez what do we think about alex marquez I, yeah he... i have no question other than just alex marquez <laughs> i think it'd be it'd still be a double world champion yeah but i don't actually I don't know if it's straight at Marvel yes for five years. Mm. If he didn't yeah. have Marcus as his surname. I have a funny feeling that he will be given more time than everyone else. He'll be given that 
well you are a Marquez look at who your brother is and I'm not trying to take away from his talent because when he won those championships he won them it was convincing he was fantastic Mark himself always says that Alex is the better racer which I I don't know how I, I feel about that one but I do think that he's very, very talented. And it's another one of the whole name thing is that I I just want to see him as Alex, not Alex Marquez, because there's so much attached to him. He gets so much hate. I'm one of those people that sometimes I think is too harsh on him. I I know I am. And maybe he needs more time in the class sort of thing. But then I'm like, oh, well, he's, he's Alex Marquez. You know, he should be doing better than this. And I think he's subjected to a lot of unnecessary hate just because of who he is but I'm so excited to see him with the Ducati next year with the Grissini team like mm-hmm. I did not see that coming at all I'm gonna say he can win a race to be honest oh yeah yeah, yeah. definitely I think that also proves that he does have talent because yeah. obviously Mark can't help him get a hundred like not hundred seat uh, like a Ducati seat like yeah. Mark's like power only extends to Honda. Yeah. <laughs> that sounded funny, but like he can't go to Ducati, like give my brother a seat. Yeah. They don't yeah, care. He's always been a Honda man. Yeah. 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 No, I, I think he is talented, but as I said with Luca Marini, he has the name attached and that is a hindrance yeah. in all aspects. So, any other last lasting opinions? Um, I probably got loads. I'll be lying in bed tonight, going, "Oh, I should have said that. Should have said that. Should have said I that." Know. I'm not going to sleep tonight. I'm going to be like, "Oh, why did I not say this?" Well, there you go. Part two sorted. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Ta-da. I'm going to say this one for Jules because she might cry after this or be really happy. Do you think Aaron Canet deserves a MotoGP seat? Not yet. He's not oh, ready. Right. Everyone hates me in the siding lap, and I know they're my friends, but they all hate me because they all I don't I hate a, you. I have a vendetta against Aaron Callan. Well, Alec and Jules do anyway. They have a vendetta against me because I also don't think that Aaron Callan is ready. He has shown great yeah. potential and he's shown that he can do it, but there's been no consistency. Unfortunately, yeah, he's had car crashes and stuff like that outside of his control that has factored into his championship this year. But at the minute, even if you take that out of consideration he hasn't shown enough this year to yeah. warrant a moto gpc well yeah, I, agree. Yeah. I agree i mean i can take it one step further and say no one on that moto 2 grid deserves a moto two. no i agree i agree 100 mm-hmm. percent. Nope. is that controversial i don't know but i think it's very controversial <laughs> I th- actually i know what i know is gonna say well i know <laughs> um no i was gonna say like if obviously are we surprised i have a bias actually i have a double bias here um if someone on that grid deserves mother gp right in my opinion a drum roll is anyone gonna be surprised no it's augusto fernandez <laughs> yeah no one's surprised so, i've said this on a podcast right sorry to cut you off but i said this on a podcast right he would be the only rider to deserve a MotoGP seat next year if he continues his form and takes it and wins a championship. If yes. he doesn't do that, he doesn't deserve a seat. Um, Take the yeah, championship convincingly. I don't yeah. want him just by, oh, he just it. about won it. Or, or someone he, crashed. Yeah. 
and which has been a big factor and obviously that's why Vieri is still so high up in the championship when he hasn't been as good as he was at the start of the season I think if Augusto can prove himself for the rest of the season and continue that form that he had in the last what two three races then a hundred percent I think that it'll be like yeah why is he not got a seat thank you I think with any of the top even the top 10 let's say could all deserve a MotoGP seat but none of them at the minute have shown enough yeah Yeah. obviously I also want KTM I know to win another championship because they clearly aren't doing it in Moto3 I need something (laughs) Um, and but also might be a controversial opinion I think riders in the top 10 of Moto2 some of them are better than some of the riders in MotoGP currently so here's like, the thing because not so everyone... it's like uh, do they deserve it well maybe not but do all of the riders in MotoGP deserve to be there also no so we'll yeah, never no, know no one's gonna win equal machinery though and this yeah. is the thing like yeah okay I could maybe agree with you with some of the people but yeah I can't make that decision until I see both top tens on the same machinery but that even goes for being on the same bike at least in Moto2 no, but I don't mean same. like MotoGP top 10 I mean like just in MotoGP does, like you compare even like we all said that Aaron Connett isn't ready to be on a MotoGP yeah. bike yet yeah sure but Darren Binder what is he doing there I'm so sorry no, well, like, no he's not ready to be on a MotoGP yeah, yeah bike. I don't no. think he'll ever be no. sorry <laughs> can I throw another Ooh. spanner into the works Ooh. yeah so yes none of these meta two riders deserve to be on the meta gp grid fabio quattararo exists he didn't deserve a meta gp seat have we got mm-hmm. another fabio quattararo waiting in the wings of meta two that we don't know about have we got three fabio quattararos who could go and hop on a meta gp bike and go and win a title in two years time we don't know <laughs> you know no lots of what ifs yeah yeah there is names that you'd like to think could pull a Fabio Quattararo that maybe are there and thereabouts in Moto2 or they're slightly further back that you go, well, if they got an opportunity, you never know. Because, of course, every rider in every class is talented. Like, there's no, no. doubt about that. Yes. Good for me to say, I don't know how to pray. No. <laughs> I think everyone's talented. But yeah. yeah, I would really like to see that. But then, I don't know, for me, Aldeguer, he's got mm-hmm. so many links to MotoGP, so many links. He has not mm-hmm. done a thing in Moto2 yet. He's not ready. <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean, ready. of course not. He should be in Moto3 or something. Like he should be still, I don't know. Yeah, he he's a lot of time ahead of him before he gets to MotoGP, but there's yeah, people who 16. want him. He, he's yeah. a child. He's <laughs> like, He needs to be, they, both of them. And Isan, they need to be in school. Yeah. <laughs> like, shouldn't be allowed to race bikes until you're. It's like David Munoz. Munoz is yeah. like just sixteen, and he's already yeah. on the podium. <laughs> can we can we make it the new rule like you cannot race in Mother Two if you don't have a high school diploma? Get your GCSEs, and then <laughs> yeah. you're allowed to go. <laughs> yeah, like it's terrifying to be fair, because like you look at David Munoz and you're like. Oh, he's a Meta 3 podium finisher and he was born in 2006. Me and my little sister was born. Yeah, and you're like, 
<laughs> See, I can look at Fabio Cotteraro and go, I'm the same age as him. That's cool. Mm. We're 23. I'm like, what am I doing with my life? What's he doing with his life? Like, get yeah. off the sofa, Lauren. But then you start looking at these kids who are winning races and championships and you're like, oh my God, I am so untalented. Yeah. It hurts. Yeah. It's like, what, <laughs> Maximo more... Martinez is yep. yeah. 2008 and you're like, what the? 2009, you're like, oh. I'm I'm born in the same year as Pedro was born. I'm I'm like, what year was Pedro? Two thousand four. Oh wow, you're a lot younger than I thought as well. Yeah, Chloe's young as well. Yeah, year. Chloe yeah. is even younger than I am. Oh wow, I didn't know that. I'm O two, so I'm like nine ninety nine ninety eight. Let's go. Has and afterwards is just unacceptable. Yeah, like, it's you're two thousand, and then if it has an and after it, like I can't deal with it. You're too young. You should have yeah. Lauren and Declan babysitting me in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> well, on my own podcast, I'm normally the one being babysat because I'm the youngest by a mile on my own Seriously? podcast. Yeah, so here to be the oldest, I'm like Jesus Christ. <laughs> I don't like this. No, Alex, what, 25, 26, and she's like, oh, "Are you children? You children?" And we're like, "You're not even old. What are you talking about?" <laughs> but, yeah, is that all of our controversial opinions or unpopular I've, opinions? I've got one more, one more, one more. Go for it, so go for it. someone's, I've just read one, um, a late one, that said that Franco Morbidelli is already peaked in 2020. No. <laughs> if he can see not, there's factors though because he would he yeah. deserved to win the championship in 2020 i think he should have been the championship winner and things would be very different for him i think obviously but then you have to factor in his knee injury and that was an acl injury he should not be on a motorbike still like footballers take a, a about a year for that injury and that's a footballer and then you look yeah. at a motorbike rider who's back on the bike within six months crazy then he's on one of the worst bikes on the grid and you expect him to perform. I have so much sympathy for him because I'm like, like, yeah. as much as, yeah, the performances aren't there, it's like, well, how do you expect them to be there with everything that's against him at the minute? Yeah, I think if he, if the bike was good, I think he'd be up there, personally. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, and I know I've been a big on telling everyone they suck um, and... <laughs> all this but i he de- does deserve a hug i it, like and just like we support you yeah take a breather because i think yeah he, he's going through a lot well he's bald now isn't he? he's like midlife <laughs> yeah. crisis yeah. he's had a complete breakdown <laughs> like frankie 2.0 he did a britney spears <laughs> yeah see i've got a little bit of a different opinion for once Oh, just the one time I'm nice. Yeah, Yeah. and it was like, oh, bless. The thing is, is if it was such a bad ACL injury, will he ever come back? This is a big thing. And it's also the machinery as well. Like, is the injury and the machine playing a part? Is it just Mm -hmm. the injury? Is it just the bike? Like, is he 100% fit? I'm not sure. Okay, yeah, yeah, he's able to ride a bike, but what pain is he in? Like what yeah. is he having to do because of it like i would love to see him minus the injury and getting that monster energy seat but obviously we can't that's so many ifs and ifs and buts like i can't obviously say how he would have performed but in my imagine i would love to imagine that he'd be up there with fabio battling for the championship of course but there's too many yeah outside factors playing in it i have one more hot take 
And oh, I'm not sure about this. this yeah. <laughs> um, I just want to add to that. The thing is, I was a big Frankie supporter coming into it when he moved up. Yeah. And I really, don't get me wrong, love him to bits. I do, I, I don't think, I mean, it is a big statement, but I do think with the way that he's, it's been on him mentally and the fact that the bike isn't any good and the fact that he only has it, he, he does have another year on his contract. Yeah. But if he doesn't improve this season, uh, next season, I don't think he'll have a they they will be cut through. They will take them out if the results don't come. Purely because if his injury is that bad, then they're not gonna. Or if the bike is either way, however it works out, I don't think he'll still be there in what is it twenty twenty four. Yeah, I think that's if the results don't come in and Toprak. That's the two things that will. If Toprak wants to come to Middle GP. They will dump him at the end of 2023, but also if, if the results aren't there, he will. If go Top as well. comes to MotoGP, it won't be on the Yamaha, it'll be on the Ducati. <gasps> no, what? it will be, it will be on the Ducati. If he comes to MotoGP, it'll be on the Ducati. It will not, because right, I can give you the information, um, and this isn't a secret. I, I spoke to Paul Denning whilst I was at Donington last week. I'll yeah. give you a bit of a scoop. Top hated it. I thought so. We didn't hear Yamaha. anything about it, but that's because he, it's a bad bike at the minute. He, yeah, he said he hated it. He said no matter how much time he puts on it, no matter how many laps he does, he will never ever be able to extract what he needs from that Yamaha. Ever. But then, is that just because he's a world superbike rider and MotoGP is a different class? Is that you know? Th- is that yeah. a thing? Is it because the bike is bad and we know it's bad and Fabio at the minute is the only person to be able to extract something out of it? There's so many. Like, what if they improve the bike? Maybe, but like, because obviously Top Rack is, he's a breaker, you know, and yeah. he couldn't do that on this Yamaha because it wasn't strong enough. You know, like, yeah. it's that hard of a breaker that they go through blimmin' like uh, so many, you know, fork seals. They've had to reinforce <laughs> the entire front end of the chassis to make it stronger because he's bending it. You know, he would never be able to, he said that he'd never be able to ride the Yamaha M1 like that, but yeah. he'd probably be able to ride a KTM or Ducati like that, wouldn't he? Especially the Ducatis are most user-friendly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a bit of food for thought there. I mean, it's interesting. I think it's just because I want to see him on the Yamaha and I think him and Fabio could be a very good combination. It's sponsorship though, isn't it? Like, because yeah, of yeah. Red Bull and Top Right gets paid an obscene amount of money yeah. by Red Bull. Like, I don't know the figure. I know that last year it was around 70 grand a week or a month. Oh, and now he's champion. It'll be even more like Keenan Safoglu in his peak was yeah. earning more than some top GP riders. And he was yeah. in super sport. And, yeah. you know, he's his manager. <laughs> I believe that, though. Red Bull have the money to, to give these people, and they do... Like the their marketing is budget crazy. is two billion. Two billion is their marketing budget, which is I think twenty five percent of their yearly profits. <laughs> you only have to look at how much they spend on Formula One, though, to sort of go. Well, that's why, like, the money they put into that, and then you oh. think of like I don't know. There's like so many Red Bull sponsored athletes outside of motorsport as well. Like mm. they have money to give people, and they just. Yeah. Like, hey, uh, yeah, you give... have money. You yes. have money. Like yeah. literally. Now I want to say this one final hot take because okay. I don't know whether I I partially maybe agreed agree with it, but I've seen it um on Twitter sometimes. 
um, that Maverick Vinales didn't actually try to blow up, blow up his engine. That was just Yamaha's way to get rid of him. I mean, there's video footage of it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, but he still did. People, yeah, but cons- the thing with me is like, I don't know if it was intentional because in general, like if the engine were to blow up, obviously he would hurt himself. And the thing that like I know they're a different person when they put the helmet on, but still the fact that he has a kid. And when you look at just his Instagram, he seems like just like so much of a family man. I don't think he would deliberately put himself in danger in a situation like that, where it's not about even racing. Like a racing overtake, I could understand. But him just like trying to blow up his engine, essentially trying to kill himself. And he has Mm, a daughter who was at the track. I don't like that doesn't like add up to me. The bike That's... wouldn't like, like they say, blow up, but it's it won't like, it just no, like still... it like smoke, but because he wasn't changing to sixth gear on the straights, like it was just sitting in fifth, going the whole way down. I don't think his intention was ever to cause injury to himself, obviously, yeah. but for others, I, I yeah, a hundred percent. But I think he had clear intentions that he was not happy with Yamaha. He had clear intentions of not destroying his bike as such but causing damage to his bike through the way he was Mm -hmm. riding it everyone's seen the footage everyone's heard it as well he had clear intent of fucking Mm -hmm. something up that day like as soon as he went out on that bike and things went wrong for him he did not want to be on that motorbike and he could have caused a lot of damage to himself and other people because he was just not in the it was still it was the Yamaha's way because obviously they had been very like I see the whole season mm. for multiple different reasons. I think that was Yamaha's way of getting rid of him. Like they just, because obviously you look at the shit show of who rider they do put on the bike, like after yeah. that, but they just wanted to get rid of him. And that was their like, oh, you did this. Let's get well, rid of you. Because he, wanted- he, he had done other shit as well. Yeah. He basically and- wanted to give Yamaha a reason to yeah. fire him that they couldn't go back on. You know, like, he could yeah. smash up a pit box or whatever, and yeah, he might get disciplinary, disciplinary, but he wanted to do something bad enough that it wouldn't kill him or whatever, or, you know, yeah. but bad enough that Yamaha couldn't continue with him anymore. That's what yeah, I yeah. think. Anyway. But I've seen people, like, say that he wanted to harm others and he wanted to harm himself and like no, stuff like no, that. No. I that's why I brought up the fact that like he is such a family person. He would never harm himself. He yeah. does seem nice, and that's the thing. He seems to have a nice personality if he can get himself under control. But I think he has a lot of stuff going on up there that that's is not like yeah. he, whether he's hard on himself or I. I honestly would love to know the thoughts that run through that man's head because yeah. I mean, he wins the first race of the season in Qatar in 2021. And then he was second to Fabio and Assen, obviously, before that whole hoo-ha happened. And he honestly looked so sad and so upset. And you could just see from being so elated at the start of the season to being that down for getting yeah. second in Assen, there was something going on there bigger than any of us. Yeah, I mean... Yeah. He had he had a terrible year. I mean, obviously, Dean Berta Vinales died as well, you know, yeah, which would have absolutely destroyed him mentally. Yeah. But, you know, and that was that was kind of after the whole Yamaha thing anyway. Yeah. But what how, you know, Aprilia's reaction to it were incredible. They were so good because Maverick even went to Kota and was there at Kota and they were like, yeah. no, 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 you're not riding. We don't want you to ride. 
Whereas, you know, maybe Yamaha would have been like, no, go on then, you're a factory rider, get on the bike, ride. Yeah. We yeah. don't know, obviously, but it seems like he's happier. He's he's found a home in Aprilia yeah. now. And at Yamaha, he never really had a home. He never really had a family. And He, he was always second best in yeah. Yamaha. He was second best to Valentino. He was brought in. And as much as he was meant to become this big star, it didn't happen as much. And then Fabio came in and Maverick was like, this yeah. is my chance to become this big thing changed the, the side of the pit box that he was usually on was trying to play mind games a wee bit and then it didn't work either and Fabio yeah. clearly outperformed him and I think he was just sick and tired of being second best and I think he probably thought he was going to be number one rider coming into 2021 and then that wasn't mm-hmm. the case very early on and very clearly Fabio was the number one rider and I think he just got sick and tired of it and there was obviously mm-hmm. disagreement and now He's in a team where, yeah, okay, Alish is definitely seen as this team leader, but I think they're very equal in how they go about things. And that must be the the biggest difference and definitely what what he wants, Mm -hmm. what he needs as well, because the performances are are getting better again. Sort of what I I would say about this, sort of similar to what you said, is is definitely... With that whole season, you could just see it on him that he did not want to be there. It just progressively yeah. got worse, and I I do think he he like uh, like you said that he was definitely doing something to get himself fired because yeah. he did not want to be there. Yeah, and I'm so glad that I, I, there was like a lot of the photos that was like oh him on the podium at Aston last year, but him on the podium this year, and look at the difference. And that's yeah. exactly it. I feel like his whole mentality has changed, and it's so nice to see the old Maverick back again. It is very refreshing. I am very interested to see how he goes with Aprilia in that sense. Like, how much can mm-hmm. he extract out of that bike? Obviously, we're seeing Elise at the very start of Aprilia doing well will maverick also put in those performances which i think is a a massive one because i am a bit on the fence at the minute as to whether or not he's going to perform on the aprilia because he was obviously on the yamaha which was the best bike at the time and or one of the best bikes at the time i should say and wasn't really hitting the mark Mm -hmm. so i'm really excited to see well um i said controversy on my own podcast that if Vinales continues on this upward trajectory that he's on, um, you know, obviously after the podium in Assen, you know, in Puglia High Spirits, Maverick, when Maverick's a happy Maverick, Maverick is a fast Maverick. Yeah. And that's what he yeah. is right now. Yeah. I've said if he can continue on this and starts pulling some wins out, fully expect him to fight for the championship next yeah. year. Fully expect I'd him love to be that. Top three. Oh, me too. I 100% agree that when Maverick is at his best and feeling his best he is a hundred percent one of the best he's unstoppable he's of course like i remember watching him in lower classes as well and i i I was always Mm. such a massive fan of him in moto three and me too yeah yeah like of course but it has to come with the right attitude and he needs to be in the right mindset i think there's a lot of a lot of things that need to all just be right exactly like pinpoint right at that time for him to perform well which is very annoying obviously it's as well because, very finicky isn't he yeah if something's like just not right head's gone that's it he's blown up he's angry and but if he can sort of tweak that or even learn to work with maybe something not being a hundred percent right then he could be on he could be on to something very very special and of course championships definitely mm-hmm. yeah, it's just definitely. the fine tuning of things but is there I think that's 
plan day for today yes. <laughs> <laughs> kept you longer than what i thought I, even i was like oh my god look at the time yeah two hours Jeez. yeah <laughs> but i think that is everything for this week's episode another big thank you to declan for joining us today we thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed that we agreed on plenty of things but we also disagreed on some things yeah, very, healthy. very good. yeah thank you Happy. for having me on i really appreciate it yeah well we'd love to come back and do this again sometime or maybe some yeah. other topics that we we come up with but if you want to follow us we are at the siding lap and if you want to follow declan it's at everything motor racing and yeah thanks so much for listening and we'll see you guys on next week's episode